Hi everyone, we've got a great episode for you tonight. We're going to be talking about the love of God and what is it and what does the Word say about it and how does that knowledge and revelation impact our lives. Stay tuned. Welcome everyone to another episode of Friday PM. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Welcome, welcome. Wherever you're joining us from in the world, you are very, very welcome to another episode. If this is your first time to Friday PM, whether you're listening on podcasts or watching on video, you are welcome. Welcome to the Friday PM series. Be blessed with all the other episodes and great to have you on board. To start us off, we're going to have some announcements before we continue. You can listen to Friday PM on podcast, on Spotify, Google, Apple, and you can tune in whenever you like and listen to what we're saying here. We're very happy to have you on YouTube with us, so please make sure to share that video with your family and friends so they can be blessed as well. Leave the like under the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel if you have not yet done it. Don't forget to click that notification bell to get notified of our latest content. Thank you. Thanks, Christoph. Well, what a great topic we're discussing today. And before we get started, we're going to show you a video clip from Brennan Manning. We pray you're going to be really, really blessed. So hold on to your seat. We'll be right back. In the 48 years since I was first ambushed by Jesus in a little chapel in the Allegheny Mountains of Western Pennsylvania, and then literally the thousands of hours of prayer, meditation, silence, and solitude over those years, I am now utterly convinced that on Judgment Day, the Lord Jesus is going to ask each of us one question, and only one question. Did you believe that I loved you? That I desired you? That I waited for you day after day? that I long to hear the sound of your voice. The real believers there will answer, yes, Jesus. I believe in your love and I try to shape my life as a response to it. But many of us who are so faithful in our ministry, in our practice, in our church going, are gonna have to reply, <clears throat> well, frankly, no, sir. I mean, I never really believed it. I mean, I heard a wonderful, a lot of wonderful sermons and teachings about it. In fact, I gave quite a few myself. But I always thought that was just a way of speaking, a kindly lie, some Christian's pious pat on the back to cheer me on. And there's the difference between the real believers and the nominal Christians that abound in our churches across the land. No one can measure like a believer the depth and the intensity of God's love, but at the same time, no one can measure like a believer the effectiveness of our gloom, pessimism, low self-esteem, self-hatred, and despair that block God's way to us. Do you see why it is so important to lay hold of this basic truth of our faith? Because you're only going to be as big as your own concept of God. Remember the famous line of the French philosopher, Blaise Pascal? God made man in his own image, and man returned the compliment. 
We often make God in our own image. He wants us to be as fussy, rude, narrow-minded, legalistic, judgmental, unforgiving, unloving as we are. In the past couple of three years, I have preached the gospel to the financial community in Wall Street, New York City, the airmen and women of the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs, a thousand physicians in Nairobi. I've been in churches in Bangor, Maine, Miami, Chicago, St. Louis, Seattle, San Diego, and honest, the God of so many Christians I meet is a God who is too small for me because he is not the God of the Word. He is not the God revealed by and in Jesus Christ who this moment comes right to your seat and says, I have a word for you. I know your whole life story. I know every skeleton in your closet. I know every moment of sin, shame, dishonesty, and degraded love that has darkened your past. Right now, I know your shallow faith, your feeble prayer life, your inconsistent discipleship, and my word is this. I dare you to trust that I love you just as you are and not as you should be, because you're never gonna be as you should be. Praise the Lord. Wow. I'm sure you've been mightily blessed with that video. Uh, we've made reference to Brennan Manning before, right, with the uh, ragamuffin gospel. Right. Uh, yeah. Some of you might be familiar with that. Um, I think he really set the stage, didn't he, yeah. to talk about God's love. We're going to share from the Word mainly because from the Scripture, I believe we can be dead on accurate, um, understanding more about God's love. And it's so important that we understand more about God's love for us. Who wants to share from the Word to kick us off? Well, you're looking at me, Dad. Oh, yeah, you were reading. Um, oh, I always look at you Rachel. Were, no, but you were looking at Psalm. One, <laughs> you were reading Psalm 139. I thought that was really you're good. You're right, Rachel. Mm. Yes. way to start. You're right. Psalm 139 in the Passion Translation really just blew my mind this morning. Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. You perceive every movement of my heart and soul, and you understand my every thought before it even enters my mind. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book and you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step I will take before my journey even begins. You've gone into my future to prepare the way and in kindness you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. You have laid your hand on me. This is just too wonderful, deep and incomprehensible. Your understanding of me brings me wonder and strength. Where could I go from your spirit? Where could I run and hide from your face? If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the realm of the dead, you're there too. If I fly with wings into the shining dawn, you're there. If I fly into the radiant sunset, you're there waiting. Whether I go, wherever I go, your hand will guide me. Your strength will empower me. Hmm. There's no other words to say. You, you have to read what the scripture says about how you are loved because it brings tears to my eyes whenever I, you know, think of it. John 15 verse 9 says, I've loved you just as the Father has loved me. So he's... He loves you the way he loves Jesus. When he sees you, he sees Jesus, his only beloved son. 
So you are his only beloved child. In Exodus 34 verse 6, Moses finds out who God is. He says, and the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness and truth. Mm. Yeah. That's who he is. He is a God of love. So what is the disconnect? Because God loves us so much. How come it's so hard for us to accept his love? It's a big question. <laughs> I'm hoping one of you can answer. <laughs> because God is, we really can't fathom God because we are created He's the creator. And God, we always say God does things the other way around. He loved us and sent his son to die for us. He loved us before he knew us. That's what it says in Psalm 139. He, he, he knew us in our mother's womb. He knitted us together. He knew us and he loved us. He, he didn't love us for what we could do. He didn't love us for... Um, you know, what we could perform. He loves us anyway. But our concept is love is that people love me for what I do. People love me um, for what I say. People love me because of, of how I present myself to the world. And God is saying, I don't care how you present yourself to the world. I love you anyway. I loved you before you presented, were presented to the world. And that is kind of mind blowing. Mm -hmm. That there's nothing that I can do that can make him love me because he already loves me. Mm. Yeah. No, it's unconditional because you you like someone, right? Because they feel good in your presence. They also make you feel good about yourself. That's why you like someone. I love him because I'm, when I'm with you, I feel I feel special. But God's love is unconditional. Unconditional mercy and favor. It's unconditional. And that's why I think it's so hard for us to accept because... God's helping us, I think, to see it as he sees, but we'll always, we'll always fall, sh fall short. Mm. Yeah. Well, we've got all these imperfect, imperfect relationships to compare it to. You know, we've got marriages, yeah. we've got broken relationships, we've got family relationships, relationships with our parents, our fathers, our mothers, um, friends who have hurt us, people in our lives that have mistreated us. And while they still love us to an extent, you know, they love us maybe as much as they can, but that's our reference point. So it's really hard for somebody to grasp uh, what Paul wrote about. I mean, the word he used, agape love, which is that unconditional love that God is. It's, it's who God is. It's his character. It's a state of being. It's not um, a feeling or an emotion, yeah. but it's just a consistent. Um, it's a being and then an acting from that being. And there's nothing that you can do to make God love you more or mm. love you less. Mm, um, yeah. And I think it's really hard for us to grasp because we're just unable to really, in and of ourselves, unable to do it. Yeah. The proof of that is really in the the most common scripture cited, I think, by every Christian, John 3.16, where it says that God has loved the world, that he wanted to save it, that he sent his son to save the world. So the, what we can see in that scripture is in order for God to love us, he had to love us in our sins because the sinners need salvation. So the imperfect people uh, may, 
were loved by God so much that he was willing to sacrifice the ultimate treasury he held, his yeah. son. Yeah. So where else to see the the bigger proof, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well and now now what's the scripture about love. Yeah, unconditional <laughs> what's the scripture about now 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 we said that now uh, laying down the life for a friend what's Yeah, the there's scripture? no greater love than that a man lays down his life for his friends. And that's yeah. what Jesus he said, I don't call you my servants, I don't call you my slaves no longer, but I call you my friends. Mm. That God would call us his friends and then lay yeah. down his life for us, I mean yeah. a powerful thing. In response to as well what you were saying, I mean Christoph talked about um John three sixteen, Charlene, you spoke about um Psalm one thirty nine and in the letter to the to the Romans in Romans 8, there's a, there's a lot of things that go on before that, but it talks about, you know, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ, Jesus, who died, more than that, who is, was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. And this is the important part. So it says all of that. And then it says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We're conquerors through him who loved us, not Mm. through by any other reason. Mm. It's because of his love, because he who loved us, he makes us able to conquer these things. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, nor neither the present nor the future or any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in creation, nothing in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God expresses his love to us. This is the NIV version. And God expresses his love to us. He's, he is love. The Bible says God is love. Mm. And he expressed that love by sending Jesus and showing he's the embodiment of God's love for us. And he's saying that there's nothing, there's nowhere we can be from Psalms 139 and from in Romans 8, there's nothing that we can do and there's nowhere that we can be that God's love cannot reach, that God's mm. love is not present. And that is, for me, that's mind blowing because we can look at things and we can judge situations, we can judge people, we can think about all sorts of things, but God's love knows no boundaries and it doesn't matter where anybody is. It says, I, you know, in it says you can be in, hell in Sheol, his love is still strong enough to be there. There's nowhere in creation, there's nothing that can stop us, that mm. can separate us from the love of God. That that blows my mind and I really don't understand it. Mm. I don't get it. No. Mm. What's that scripture? Neither height, nor yeah. depth. Yeah. 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 Nor things that? above the earth, yeah. nor things Deep under the love. earth. Yeah. Can separate us from the love of yeah. Christ. Mm. Mm. And First Corinthians... Yeah, 1 Corinthians um, 13 talks about, I mean, we say, the Bible says, not we, the Bible says God is love and, um, you know, God's character. And 1 Corinthians 13 talks about what that kind of love looks like. 
And he says, love is patient and love is kind. Love does not envy, is not boastful, is not conceited, does not act improperly. It's not selfish. It's not provoked. And it does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies and all these things, he says, they'll come to an end. Um, but love, now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. It's amazing. That's, and you can replace love with God. God is patient. God is kind. You know, God is forbearing. God is long-suffering. God is for us. Mm. Amazing, amazing concept. Charlene, you're very passionate about just how big that love is for us. Yeah. So, please share. And I I try to make it real for myself because I cannot understand. And and David said in Psalm 139, I cannot understand how much you love me. So one day with my very limited artistic abilities, I, I drew a little stick man with long hair and eyelashes because I'm a girl. And, <laughs> and um, I, I'm trying to find it here, yes. Little stick. Anyway, can't see it. <laughs> and I, I try to say, show me, Holy Spirit, how much God loves me. I cannot understand it because 1 John says, in this is love, not that we loved God, we, so stop there. We cannot love God. It's not part of our fleshly nature. We cannot love. We put conditions on love. So it's not about our love for God because we cannot, but that he loved us first. So when you swap it around, you have to find out how much God loves you. So I put together this little stick man, and from the head to the toes I wrote down, what he thinks of me, who I am. And from the head, he said, I'm, I'm the head, I'm not the tail. I'm above, I'm not beneath. His banner over me is love. He will bring to remembrance all that Jesus has taught me. Every hair on my head is numbered. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I will lift up my eyes to the hills for where comes my help. He is the glory and the lifter of my head. He sings over me. He intercedes for me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. He restores my soul. His arm is never too short to help. Let your heart not be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. He will never relax his hold on me. He shall preserve my soul. I was knitted together in my mother's womb. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. I will run and not grow weary. I will walk, I will not faint. He strengthens the weak hands and the feeble knees. Though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death, I will fear no evil. He makes my feet like hind's feet on high heels. He will not allow my foot to stumble. He dances over me. And that's just from head to toe, just a a few things that he mentions, how he cares for me how he loves me, how he constantly yearns to be with me, how he constantly, like Brendan Manning said, when we enter the judgment day, there's one thing that God will say. Just one thing. Did you know how much I loved you? Mm. 
you know, in, in the Bible it says the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin. All these years, the, 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 the church has said that the Holy Spirit will convict us of sin. He will not convict the believers of sin. He, believe, he convicts us of our righteousness, of how our sin has been taken away. That's how much he loves us, so that we can be free and enjoy his love. It blows my mind. It absolutely blows my mind. Just lastly, in Isaiah 62, verse 2, he says, You shall be called by a new name, which is uh, which the mouth of the Lord will name. And further on, he, he says, I call you Hephzibah, which means my delight is in you. And I call you Beulah, which means married, which means when you're married, you're taking on the surname of your bridegroom. And in verse 5, he says, And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. And it's that loving kindness that draws us to repentance, that um, how God is so, so, so merciful, so kind. And that's, I think we, each one of us came to a place of repentance, um, being drawn by the love of God and hearing the gospel of grace. Yeah. And again, in that the scripture in First Corinthians thirteen, that love doesn't rejoice in our in when we do things wrong. It, no. So it's not he's not there to um, point the finger and yeah, wow. you've got it all wrong. And he, he, he's got a way about him. God has a way about him that he just it's just like gentle. Yeah. It's 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 not a kind of condemnation. It's not done in a way that is you feel instantly judged. He, you know, it's it, he gives mercy instead of judgment. That's the God that we serve, and He just wants us to accept that. He wants to accept that that I know that you mess up. I know who you are, and it's fine. But just come to me. I still I, all I want is to have relationship with you. This is what my love means. My love means that I want to have relationship with you regardless of what happens and regardless of what's going on and regardless of what you've done I value relationship with you above many of the other extremities and you know who 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 can love you like that Mm. well um, 1 John 3 verse 1 says see what great love the father has lavished on us I love that word lavish that we should be called children of God and that's what we are it says the reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. I think when when we look at people wanted to commit suicide, for example, they think that what they've done cannot be pardoned. I, surely this is impardonable. This is so bad. This is so, you know, I, 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 this is not overcomable. So the only other option is to is to end my life. Uh, so. Because they don't understand the love of God. If we understand the love of God. But I must be honest, even as as Christians, many people have got this blockage. And to be quite honest with you, until the Lord helped me to forgive my father of something, I had a great father, very he loved me. But of course, we're imperfect as fathers. We are imperfect. All our fathers were imperfect. And in a way, God knew they'd be imperfect so that we can look to the perfect father. Wow. But until I, the Lord helped me to forgive whatever happened, um, it's almost like that really opened the door to accept more of the love of Christ because that's a limitation for me because 
number one, you carry unforgiveness, or that's your concept of of of, of a, a figure that is is in authority. It's a, someone that's bigger than you, more powerful than you, and we've got the stigma that can come with it, and that's the blockage. Mm. Yeah. So if you're encouraged today to ask the Lord to remove that blockage, that's what we're going to pray for today. Any blockage that can remove, that can put a filter on you from not receiving the fullness of that love and to understand it. And then when we receive that love, we can be so much more secure, can't we? Then we walk around knowing we are loved. We're not fear of being rejected by people because God loves us. Mm. Someone doesn't accept you or loves you. It's not going to be the end of your life. Yes, we hurt. Yes, it's not comfortable. Sometimes it's not nice, but it's it's not going to rock your world that you think the end is near. The end is near, but you know what I mean? Not not in your own life. You don't you don't get to that place of desperation. So that loves for me if you accept it and if, if you're willing to work work towards this mm. gives us so much more stability in life. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you know that he loves you with the intensity that he loved Jesus, he loves you. Mm. And I, I I try and that's where renewing of the mind comes every morning is that it seems like I, I get a bit of, uh, I forget. You forget. They call it spiritual amnesia. Spiritual amnesia. That's what I always <laughs> thought in the mornings. You, you just forget, and that's why I try and rattle all those scriptures of how much he loves me. Mm. And when I know how much he loves me, um, I can love others. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Because it's tough to love others. Mm. It's tough to love the second commandment, love your neighbors, you love yourself. Mm. But I, we can't love ourselves. I, so many people come for prayer, and I just see in their faces how they hate themselves. Mm. Because if you haven't grasped how much Jesus loves you and how he loves you as you are, as Brendan Manning says, and not as you should be, because you never can be who you should be. You never will be able to be who you should be. That's why Jesus came to be the mediator. And when God sees you, he just sees Jesus and everything Jesus has done for you. The point that you just made that God loves us with the intensity that he loves Jesus. When Jesus went and got baptized by John the Baptist and he came out of the water and Jesus said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Wow. By that stage, Jesus hadn't done anything. We, not, nothing recorded, nothing that we know. There was nothing really recorded. He went, yeah. went into the, you know, got baptized. And, and that's, so it wasn't based on the miracles that he did. Wow. It wasn't ma- based on the sermon on the sermon on the mount. It wasn't based on the healings. It wasn't based on the three years of ministry that came after that baptism and and it was before he fasted. You know, he didn't say I'm pleased because you defeated the devil here. It was before all of these things happened and I think that it was important for that to come first. That it wasn't based on what Jesus has done and then God says he this is my beloved son he did it before anybody knew anything about him before his ministry started wow. and I think that's that's what God is trying to say to us I love you mm. full stop we haven't done anything we haven't done any ministry we haven't found what our calling is <laughs> we we haven't we haven't done any of those things and God is saying this is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter mm. in whom I am well pleased. Mm. Do you know what? I'm just thinking now, 
we did a program on waiting on the Lord. And I find many times people ask, why am I waiting? I think in those waiting times, waiting to find out what our ministries are, Lord, why are we waiting? I think he yearns for us to just know his love for us and to have that quiet time with him because it's from the moment you get put into your ministry is when there's just an overflow from what you have experienced in his love for you that you just stand and there's no striving, there's no self-strength, there's just an absolute overflow, blah, blah, blah. His love for you, it's it's in that quiet time that you find his love and find who he is. I was so blessed by Hebrews 13 verse 5. It says, I will never relax my hold on you. I will never give you up. I will never leave you without support. I will not in any degree leave you helpless. I will never forsake nor let you down. I will not in any way fail you. Assuredly not. Mm. And I'll, I'll try and look what the uh, um, translation is for this specific one. But when you find how he loves you, you just, you can't help but to talk about it. Mm. I think that's why many people don't find it hard to love others because you don't yeah. have an abundance. You don't have an overflow. You talk about the overflow. That's what you mentioned, Christoph, as well. That we cannot love other peoples because we, we, we are not in surplus supply. We've got lack. Mm. So if you lack, you can only give out if you've got an abundance. If you're really hungry, surely you just have for yourself. When I've got a little bit of food and I'm just keeping for myself. But if you've got so much that your, your barns overflow, what do you do? You have to give it away, otherwise the food's going to spoil. So you end up giving away. So I think the Lord wants to fill all of us and all of us here. And I'm sure you at home, where are you watching us from? I'm sure you've got the desire. God's given us the desire to know more of his love, to accept more so that we can ultimately, automatically, we will just give out more of his love, share his love wherever we go to everyone, this unconditional love that he has for us. So I think it's a good time to pray together. Why don't we agree together? As we close, uh, Charlene, will you pray for us today? Yes, there's one thing in Revelation that he says, that one thing I have against you, and that is that you've lost your love for your first love. So, Lord, we come before you this uh, this day, and, and we are nothing if we cannot understand and have a revelation of your love for us. We want to return to our first love. Help us to believe it, help us to grasp it. So Holy Spirit right now, wherever you are and wherever we are, we are opening our hearts, Holy Spirit, for you to come and reveal to us the love that knows no bounds, the love that never ends, the love that is unconditional, the love that has no boundaries, the love that leaves the 99 behind and seeks the one, the love that knows every hair on your head and names every hair on your head, the love that protects you, the love that intercedes for you, the love who comforts you, 
the tender mercies of the love of God. Help us to fathom it today. We cry out to show us the love of Jesus and the ultimate love of the Father. We cry out for that. But most of all, we ask you to help us to just accept it and believe it. So thank you. We accept it by faith that you love us and that you will show us. And in these last days, to help us in turn to show our love to others because we have received this incredible love that Jesus bestowed on us. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Well, I was just thinking as we were praying, showing that also you need to hear yourself say, God loves me. So I challenge you, where you see it right now, just say, God loves me. Why don't we practice this? Say, God loves me. God, God, God loves, loves me. me. God loves me. God loves me. Say it over and over. Say, God loves me. Jesus loves me. God loves me. The more you say it, the more you're going to believe it. So you must speak it out as well. If you've got a real deficit in this area of your faith, before you start your car, before you brush your teeth, before you take that first sip of coffee or tea, say, God loves me. God loves me. And he loves you with an everlasting love. So we love you. God loves you. And thank you for watching. We're going to leave you with a song called With a Little Love. And we pray you'll feel the love, as they say. In America, they go, you feel the love. <laughs> thank you, <doing> better. <laughs> but uh, we pray you feel the love today and be blessed with the song. See you next time on Friday p.m. Why? Because it's the place to be. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Bye-bye.
Yeah.